Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. We're sponsored today by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. I'm joined with Jason Hurtis. Jason is our Caterpillar Global Market Professional of Quarrying Aggregates. Jason, how are you doing today? Brad, how are you today? We're doing great. Doing great. It's nice to see the weather turn a little bit. Um, today's an interesting topic. I think it's a very difficult topic for some contractors. We want to stay practical, what we can do to help the contractor make better decisions. But we sort of topic this, kind of theme this as really understanding the carbon uh, O2 or the CO2 fuel consumption reduction topic. And and that's a broad topic, and it has a lot of ramifications for more a growing number of contractors across the country. Jason, as usual, can we kind of start at the 5,000 level? Give us sort of a maybe a broad thought process of what we may be dealing with as contractors with this issue. Yeah, first, fuel and, and carbon dioxide or CO2 emissions are directly related. You know, a lot of people go right to a CO2 reduction and they don't quite understand how do I get that or what does that really mean or that means I got to change products, maybe look at uh, traditional fuels, alternative fuels. But diesel fuel and carbon dioxide or CO2 are directly related. That's the first thing people need to understand. So if you can reduce your fuel consumption, so how much diesel fuel you're actually using, you will get a direct reduction in carbon dioxide. So a lot of the tenders, a lot of the bids that I've heard customers have to fill out now, they want a, you know, a CO2 reduction or a CO2 estimate. And the contractors are like, how, where, where do I get that? How does, where does that come from? And again, it's directly related to your fuel consumption itself. Any reduction in fuel consumption equals a reduction in carbon dioxide or CO2. Yeah. You know, I was in California just a few weeks ago, and I know they've actually passed some legislation that's actually impacting this. And, and, and as typical, there are some states in our country that typically starts that off. What does this mean, though, Jason, no matter where you're located at as a contractor, what does this mean to your current equipment issues and thinking about future equipment? It kind of varies by state, as you said. Now, California, some of the East Coast states are kind of leading the pact on, you know, what your CO2 emissions can be, what your fuel consumption should be. They've had idle time restrictions and other things in the past. They're just kind of amping it up. And I'm sure you've seen the news like everybody else. You know, California wants to be full electric. A lot of their small engines have already gone to electric or are phasing from gasoline, small engines, small diesel engines to full electric. And I think from a contractor's standpoint, if you watch the news, it's kind of a big fear. But I think the most important thing for them to remember is it's going to have to be a phase in. You know, no matter what we say, we cannot get away from fossil fuels overnight. There has to be a phase-in process. Because you think about whether it's on-highway equipment or off-highway equipment, you know, every fire truck and ambulance in the world is not going to go to an electric engine overnight. You know, they're, they're going to phase-in, phase-out. And I think heavy construction equipment is going to be the same way. I think they'll attack the small engines like they're doing now. And then more of the automotive, but we're definitely going to be on the radar. I'm sure it's going to become into off-highway equipment and mobile equipment almost as quickly as what they're trying to move it into automotive. 
the same contractor that that I was out there visiting in California. It was interesting, Jason. You said that because they've just purchased a couple of electric uh, pickup trucks uh, for trial to basically see how they work. And you know, just it, it's part of like this whole new re, this learning curve we have to go through if we're going to go all electric. It, and I think someday we probably will be in most situations. And certainly, I think the entire reduction question will be greatly reduced because we'll be so used to maybe doing some things in a different way. But but they're still playing around experimenting with, you know, how how often does a superintendent need to stop to charge his truck? And if that charge is going to take an hour, an hour and a half, you know, what does that do to, to the production process for any job or the, what the manager is trying to carry out? Let's think practically here. You said this will be sort of phase in, and and I th- I think it needs to be, but I'm not so sure we can depend on the government to give us the phase in schedule. Let's talk about briefly, if you have some ideas, Jason, what might a contractor think about doing toward that, especially those contractors in states where there appears to be a bit more aggressive legislation about changing this? Well, I think the first thing that they need to do is is education, you know, and then understand what's available as far as a, a product, you know, whether it's a alternative fuel versus traditional fuel versus electric, and then look at pieces of their application where they can possibly start to move, you know, away from traditional fuels to an alternative fuel type, whether it's electric or not, you know, whether it's a support piece of equipment, you know, maybe a, a mini excavator, a, a skid steer, a support wheel loader, you know, things like that would be the first place that, that I would look and try to attack is, you know, to start moving yourself into that thought process, to start getting your charging process set up. Because there's a lot that goes into it once you move away from diesel. I mean, there's power grid questions, there's charging questions, as you mentioned. How long does it take to charge? How long are the batteries? What type of service? All those things. And I think the more you start thinking about those and start looking at your application and processes where you can start implementing some of that, I think that's going to put you a leg up compared to some other contractors in the in the market. But I remember I, I literally spent the day with a uh, superintendent as, as much to kind of check out this new electric truck as it was anything else. But I know we sat, we had to stop twice during the day. Now, obviously, his distances and then in traffic and that type of thing ran that energy down. And he might have been a little bit more on, on the uh, preventative side, maybe overdoing that a bit. But I will tell you that it's going to be a paradigm change for a lot of, a lot of our guys and gals who are driving the trucks. But let me go back to what you know, your area of specialty is in that entirely, I mean, big equipment stuff with quarries and aggregates. I mean, it's, do you really see those big pieces of equipment going electric? I mean, is that ultimately where we're going to be at at some point in the future? It's possible. Again, what we're working on and wanting to make sure that contractors and customers understand is the relationship between, you know, carbon dioxide, CO2 and diesel fuel. Mm. And that the more that you can control your consumption of diesel fuel, the the less CO two, the less carbon dioxide that you'll be that you'll be producing. So, we're working with customers and contractors now from an education standpoint, so they know that there's a direct correlation and what that correlation means, and then working with them to reduce their fuel consumption today, right? So that they're ready for whatever may come in in the future and be further educated and further armed for whatever that next step may be coming into the marketplace. So it's not going to change overnight, like I said, and, and you've said, it's going to be a phase in, phase out, mm-hmm. production machines, fire trucks, military, 
all those sort of things are still going to be there. So it's important to attack the fuel side of it now from both an education awareness and what does that mean? What's the impact to me in my business? And then be ready for the next step when and if that comes. It is interesting. And and I will tell you that the contractor out there in California that I spent a couple of days with, they have listened. They've been pretty loyal listeners, actually, uh, Jason, to yours and mine and and Lonnie's discussions over the past few years. And and they're kind of a fan of the show. But I will tell you that they bought a couple of those trucks. And that's why I wanted to ride with them as much to spend time with the superintendent is to see how this truck operated. And it is amazing. For those of you who are listening that are not in the California state, if you're living in California, you probably know better than most of us that uh, many of the charging stations located within the city at different locations, that hasn't happened in a lot of the states yet, Jason. And that's why I wanted to bring that up, because I do think that as the infrastructure continues to build towards that, that it will be less and less uh, probably uh, resistance to that when you see the possibilities. And I will tell you, early going, they've had the trucks now for about three months. They have found that the reduction in cost for charging it is certainly significant compared to filling up the gas tank at five or six bucks a gallon of gas or diesel. And uh, so that is interesting, but it's still a power consumption type of thing. Any final thoughts before we bring this to a close? This has been really educational, Jason. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we close out? Yeah, as a final thought, I think, again, the most important thing is to measure your fuel consumption that you have today. Start measuring it so you know where you're at. Get a baseline, get a benchmark, and then, you know, work with your dealer, work with your operators, work with your superintendents to start asking the questions, okay, where can we start reducing our fuel consumption and our processes, which will directly reduce our carbon dioxide as well. I think that's where most people need to start right now is know what you have, know where you're at, and then start working on improving what you have to start moving closer to the next step. Good advice. Well, folks, you've heard it. It's it's great. Appreciate the, the final thoughts on that. Um, I think the tracking, the metrics of knowing what you are spending and looking at your uses, maybe even looking at the size of equipment is if you're thinking of purchasing in the next year or two, maybe it, maybe it is that time to start looking towards electric on that type of uh, operations. But uh, for Jason Hurtis, this is Brad Humphrey with, again, the Contractor's Best Friend podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please go into our archives and check out some of the other topics, as many of you do. And uh, there's a lot of good topics out there that might be able to give you some insights to running your business better. Here's to having a great year. Find more helpful information from cat experts on cat.com on the tips, tech, and tools expert page.